For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 108. Woo! Is that a double woo? We get a double woo in there? I think we may have. I got like two Ric Flairs. You got, a, you got a woo from the original Woo Master. Wow. Oh, that was Alex. The birthday boy himself throwing down a woo? Oh, that was definitely not me. Whoever did it. <laughs> Sound I like did it, but it was not oh, me. Zach? <laughs> oh, dude, fuck Sneaky that guy. Zach. Sneaky yeah. Zach. <laughs> Sneaky Zach. Is that your new character? Wow. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> What's going I like on? It. Um, we got we got Kyle back. You were yeah. uh, vacationing. I was man. I was vacationing, finding myself, kick a caffeine habit. Got back into exercising, living life, loving life, man. Oh, you got back into exercising? Yeah. You ready for some bike rides and some runs? <sighs> Been doing the runs, oh. and I'll say, since kicking caffeine, it's nice because it no longer feels like my heart is going to explode while I'm running, but it does feel like I'm going to die. So Interesting. <laughs> get what you get, right? But Tomato, well, tomato, Kyle. I know. Back at it. <laughs> got to do it. So it's also, you know, kicking caffeine was really the only thing I could do was do that on vacation because we would go out in the morning, go hike and stuff. My daughter would get real fussy and then we go back to our cabin and I could take a nap. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> well, hey, at least you're sticking to that exercise. I know you and I are on that there uh, um, switch game, right, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, you've been probably playing it more than me, because right now I'm trying to get outside and do whatever I can, but we've been playing a little bit uh, Ring Fit Adventure. But, but no submarines are in that. Not yet. I don't know. I haven't got that far in the story mode, you know? So Same. I don't even know what this is. Ring Fit Adventure? Yeah. You'd love it, Jamie. Never heard of it. It's like your Peloton, but uh, on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But only for, <laughs> only for jerking it. Am I right? What? <laughs> Anyways, uh, anybody else been up to anything? No, I. You drop uh, a while back. You dropped up a VHS player on my doorstep, and my wife was like, "Why is Kyle dropping his trash at our house now?" And so I had to hide it away. I had to squirrel it away, and out of sight, out of mind. She no longer cared about it. Then I took it out, tried to use it, and it was totally busted. But like a genius that I am, like the ointment that I am, I was right on top of it, and I was super topical with it. And I opened it up, and I fixed it, and I felt like a super genius. So, pretty big week. That is cool, because you needed that, man, because you've got that rare VHS your brother sent you. Mm-hmm. Red Snow, Philip J. Roth. Dude, that we're potentially, I mean, you're talking about doing like a quote-unquote drive-in movie type situation. I'm, try- I'm trying to figure out the logistics and how I would be able to show this to a wider audience, considering like all the videos online saying, how do you convert a VHS player to your computer? Say like, hey, don't do this with licensed material. Like you, that's illegal. And just buy the DVD instead. And I'm like, jokes on you. Red Snow never came out on DVD. It only has the VHS. So what am I supposed to do? I don't know, man. 
But so, I have been converting family videos. <laughs> so there we go. I could help you with that. I could fix your VHS player for you, and then you can do that. Well, I have a few. I actually, at one point, I think I had three or four in my office. You had but three right, or four VHS players. I feel like yeah, we, uh, in two thousand twenty, I did. But I'm down to uh, I'm down to two now. <laughs> so one of them one of them works flawlessly, but my one with the S video out, which is supposed to give you richer color mm. is uh that's that's when i have with an ejection problem and i don't want to lose like a family tape in there well have yeah. it destroyed and everyone welcome to va is, i mean we should tell that the podcast had been rebranded vhs cast where we talk all things yes. vhs um so there we go i was uh trying to get my cat uh, to come in the window here and i returned back to my headphones to find that we were still talking about vhs's that's right it's a big week. Were you were you happy, sad? Where 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 do you think you lie with that situation that you're in right now, Brian? On VHS talk or the cat not coming in my window? Both. I'm pretty frustrated with my cat right now. I could uh, take a <laughs> I could take a picture of her uh, sitting on my windowsill and I could post it on our website. Oh, look at him! Yeah, he's like a, he's like a pro there you go. Perfect segue. If you do not follow us on social media, you may not know this. And if you don't, why aren't you? But we do now have a website, macestudios.com, where you can go learn about the show, learn about your hosts. And now it is easier than ever to contact us. Usually we're asking you to email, send us something on social media, whatever. But now there's a form on there. You got a question for the show. You just go on there, type it in, submit. Boom. We have it. We have one tonight. Wow. Very excited for it. Yes. So, macestudios.com. Check it out. Or else. Yeah. Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> dive, 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 dive. <laughs> What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. That might be the longest cold opening in the history of submersion. Oh, I think we've had one that went like 10 minutes, didn't we? Oh, easily. Uh, stay tuned for my countdown next week <laughs> when I will count down our top five longest cold openings. And you'll replay them in their entirety as part of the <laughs> countdown. Ooh. That's a whole episode right there. <laughs> stay tuned for a few weeks when inevitably Jamie or someone is on another vacation and I have to make an episode by myself. Right there, you go. What would be what 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 uh, movie would you watch if you had to make one by yourself? I probably would watch Phantom. Oh, you just redo Phantom. I by feel yourself? like that would be the conventional. Oh, it actually makes sense because you never did Phantom because you I weren't a host at here. that point. Yeah. Actually, I have a question. It. Did, I, you, I would call, did you watch would, that at all? Me? Yeah. No, I've not seen it yet. 
Oh my uh, gosh. But I've toyed with the idea of watching it and reviewing our first episode. So it'd be a review Ouch. of our review episode. And it would be called Challenger Deep. That ain't Now, great. our first episode, while it is the birth of this podcast, is not... I mean, how do you describe it? Not, not of we've, the quality. We've evolved over yeah. time, right? Right. We have new games, we, we have all this stuff. And... We also are much better at like getting to the point and like getting right into our episodes. Yeah, we are. Like we don't Way waste better. time. We don't beat around the bush. Nah. We just get right in there. We tell you exactly what we're doing. Never stop, never stall, nothing like that. We don't. Mm-mm. Also, the opinions of our podcasters are not shared with the opinions that we once had two years ago. We've grown. It's probably true. Yeah, if we were to rewatch some of that, yeah. Yeah, just to avoid cancel culture and all that. Just put that disclaimer in there. Okay, what did we watch? What did we watch? Alex? This week we watched Atlantic Rim, directed by Jared Cohen from the producing company that you guys are well aware of, The Asylum. Not <gasps> to be confused with Pacific Rim, which is probably... A lesser movie, if I had yeah. to say so myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, Accurate. I'm a big I'm a big Pacific Rim fan. Me too. Uh, I love that movie. It is a great movie. I got my wife to see that movie in theaters with me, mainly because of a guy that I've mentioned on a previous show, Charlie Hoonan. Is that how you say his name? Sure. From Sons of Anarchy, she's. Quite fond of him. Gets her going, guys. She fondled him? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa. Whoa. What kind of show is this? Whoa. All right. Yes. Atlantic Rim released in 2013. That's the original title. It has since been changed to From the Sea, which is worthless. Why would they do that? And as Alex Alex, uh, uh, mentioned, cannot talk. Boom goes the dynamite. Directed by Jared Kahn, written by Richard Lima, Thunder Levin, and Hank Woon Jr. Just kidding. It's written by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, it stars Graham Greene as General Hadley, and you may have seen him in fairly large movies Wind River, Dances with Wolves. I was say, nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, and The Green Mile. Uh, David Cho. How do you say this? Chochaki Chi? Shokachi. Shokachi. I cannot speak. He is Red, aka the Wild Card. He is from Baywatch. Yep. Where he was in 86 episodes, Soul Surfer, and Emerald Run. Jamie, you may also be familiar with him because he is from Plymouth, Massachusetts. Oh, yes, of course. I, yeah, I must have met him at some point. I know, you run into him all the time. Probably. Uh, Jackie Moore as Tracy from, you may know her from a few episodes of Westworld, The Mindy Project, and Pernicious. Uh, Nicole Alexandria Shipley as Stone. She's from Guardians of the Galaxy, Handjob Cabin, and Ah. recently started producing. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I think you skipped over one real quick. (laughs) Some more questions. If you guys haven't watched that, it's like a comedy thing. It's um, like Cabin in the Woods type. You should. It's (laughs) like I (laughs) just watch it. It's really goofy. Is it anything um, like Strange Wilderness? 
It's really short. It's a super short, maybe like five, 10 minute thing. Oh, then no, I wouldn't know her from that. Okay. And then last but not least, Anthony Treach, Chris as Jim. And I've, I screwed up here. Screwed up big time because I saw this guy in February and had I known he was in this movie, I would have brought a copy of this movie and tried to get an autograph. But he, you may know him from Feast. He's also done a lot of soundtrack work for, on Money Talks. Now You See Me Too, among other movies. Uh, you might know him because he was married to Peppa from Salt and Peppa. Mm. And he is one of the lead rappers of Naughty by Nature. So is that how you saw him in February, Naughty by Nature? Yeah, I was at their concert. Nice. I was down with OPP and <laughs> did not realize it at the time, man. You were like, Atlantic Rim. It's like, what song should we do next? You're like, the entire script of Atlantic Rim. <laughs> and then they're like all like. Yeah. <laughs> Top brought out thousand, a table. All the yeah. thousands of people from the convention just walk out like, no, we're not going to not going to do that. Um, important to note, we are continuing uh, the third week of Mega Monster Movie Month by watching Atlantic Rim tonight. So we have a blend of submarines and massive behemoth creatures yep not and just robots this time we got massive creatures this time too yeah back to the good old-fashioned kaiju style of monster not the small little electric eels eh, it's like it's a that perspective look thing right exactly you know you're on yeah. my side i thought you guys were saying that oh no 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 all right the poster jamie but that's for a different podcast. We're 15 minutes in. So anyway. So, should we jump into this? Should I, should yes. I dive Let's right do in? It. Is there anything Let's more go. to say about upfront stuff? All right. We're we open in the Gulf of Mexico. There is disaster. A crew of an oil rig is like, oh shit, something's totally going wrong. So they sent out their mini sub that they have for some reason. Seems crazy. But maybe oil rigs have mini subs. I've never been on one. Do you guys know? Oh, they all have. It's, it's a requirement. You must have a mini sub. Don't you remember the abyss, man? It was like a mini sub team on an oil rig. But that was an under that was an underwater oil rig. Were you can say underground. I almost said underground, but it was underwater. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> uh Deepwater Horizon, they did not have a mini sub that I recall. There we go. So they're a like a lot of explosions. They're like communicating with this mini sub. They're like, yo, what are you seeing down there? And they're like, oh, oh boy, you better believe it. If only we could show it to you, but we can't. All we have is instead this giant radar of the entire earth. And we're telling you, something big is down here. And they're like, what? And some mysterious creatures emerge and totally crush the mini sub. And they're like, on the on the oil rig, they're all like, no. And then the monster comes up and it's kind of like a dragony looking thing. And it totally destroys the oil rig as well. And so we flash over to the Navy and they see this missing oil rig. They're kind of going around being like, an oil rig's missing. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa what? An entire oil rig is missing. That's crazy. Uh, and they see it as an opportunity for using a new program called Armada. And oh, yeah. And right here, we're introduced to a great character uh, with a eye patch. Mm, eye patch McD, aka Wild Voice. Geist. And he already is, he's having, just so you get an idea of what this guy sounds like the entire movie, here's a clip. We don't believe the rig disappeared, we believe it was scuttled. Okay, Dr. Adams, is it? Yes. Okay, you don't scuttle a rig. You scuttle a ship. Exactly. 
We've done the recon. It wasn't a computer glitch. The rig is gone. That right. uh, that reminded me how great this movie is. Yeah, <laughs> that guy that guy goes all in all the time with that voice. That is him. I couldn't tell. Like he's kind of like a cartoon come to life. I didn't. I didn't. People ever all the other characters and stuff had to treat him as normal. Like oh, he's just a normal other character in this movie. But he was clearly the most kind of out there character yep. in the entire movie. And I couldn't tell. Do you guys think it was a case where he was like, I'm going to have fun with this. And the director was like, oh, this is great. Put on this eye patch. Like, let's have like a, a whole bunch of fun with it. Um, or do you think he's just a really bad actor who thought he was doing a serious job? I think he was a really bad actor. There we go. Okay. Settled. Wow. Insulting, wow, but settled. Um, and they're like, What's Armada? And they're basically like, well, we have these giant robots and the best pilots around. And even though they've only we've only tested them down to 400 fathoms and this oil rig is down at 800 fathoms, we're pretty sure the simulations all say, like, we're going to be fine. And so um, they're like, okay, let's get it. Get those pilots. They must be pretty serious, super serious, great pilots if you are doing this top secret thing. We go over and... So two of them, Red and Tracy, are made characters, Red. Tracy seems to be his girlfriend, but we see something maybe going on <laughs> outside of that. Might. Oh, boy. Um, and they are kissing, and they're drinking. They're, just, they're super drunk. Red seems to have some kind of drinking problem. Uh, they don't really he acknowledge. But, um, they kind of, yeah, they don't. I mean, kind of a little bit they do later. But anyways, they're yeah. like this Mardi Gras parade for whatever reason, it's Mardi Gras. And all of a sudden, they get the call. It's time to go back to base. And right. he goes into a back alley. And uh-oh, what do we have here? We got a couple uh, of reefs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Squid? Yeah. yeah, dude. What? Can you take... Uh, let me call you back. What'd you say? Red. You heard me. Red. No, 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 it's all cool. I, I just want to make sure I heard him right. Don't do this. Squid, let me just tell you something. I'll kick your ass so fast you won't know what hit you. Squid, you do not call this guy a squid. Uh-uh. Never. And so yeah, he gets in a fight for no reason, uh, with a couple reefer salesmen uh, who Dude, are just trying to do their job. One of the best things about this fight is the guy on the stairs comes he's swinging this chain around. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then Classic. he doesn't even use it like a whip. He just wraps it around his fist like he's gonna punch somebody with a chain on his fist, which I think would hurt like hell, but um they just they get made light work of, man. Yeah, by both of them, both uh, Red uh, and Tracy are you know take take a take them to task. So, anyways, they jump in to the car. Everyone's like, "Whoa, you're like wasted!" And they're like, "Get off our backs. We're like the best." So they get in their robots. They get taken out into the middle of the ocean, uh, and they're dropped. All the robots are dropped into the ocean. They're sinking like bricks, and they keep on going, going, going. And everyone's like holy shit, can they survive? Because they're like, it's getting hot in here. Oh boy, the pressure's getting to us. And then like Tracy's robot kind of mal malfunctions, but for some, it, you know, it's resolved pretty quickly. So never really was in much danger. Um, and then they all land on the bottom of the ocean and they're walking around and they're like, whoa, look at all this wreckage. If only you, the viewers could see it. It's crazy. Because they never really showed us anything other than them in their suits. Uh, quote unquote in their suits even and even when they got out of their robots they just kind of like run in from off screen and be like well i just got out of that i just got out of that giant robot um because i never really showed yeah, you anything. even like the robot had like just if one landed i mean it was two seconds later they were on the ground 
Like, what happened? How and you never saw that? the robots. They were never next. Like, them and the robots were never in the same room together. We'll put it that way. And Makes so, you wonder if they really are the robots. Right. And so then they encounter the monster and they start to pursue. So they don't really know what to do. Like the, the people who are in control, like the head of the Navy and stuff like that, and the person who runs Armada. So Tracy, Jim, and, and Red, they're kind of running after the monster. And they're like, okay, shut it down. Because they're going to kind of drive it onto land and, you know, everyone will know about this top secret program like yeah it's if this monster comes on shore it's a big deal but if a monster and a top secret robot come on shore that's like double a big deal so they stop tracy and jim but red's already out of range and he's able to get to the shore and tell everyone who's like chilling on the beach like everyone get out of get out of here there's a monster coming and everyone's like whoa look at that robot and then when the monster comes they aren't really prepared and all of a sudden they're like oh shit the robot wasn't lying and they like start running away and Red has to do battle with this giant monster. And oh, I mean, I guess it's- It's pretty crazy. It's pretty hard to describe in words exactly it what is. happens in this scene. Um, only a super genius would be able to describe exactly what happened in that scene in words. Uh, but we wouldn't be lucky enough to have a sound clip where they try to describe this scene to us. Oh, we might. We just might. What? That was insane. What happened? Yo, man, I was in the butt and I got the thing, the monster pinned down on the ground. Got his jaws pried open all the way. I'm pinning it, I'm shaking, I'm fighting with him. Spitfire comes in, dude, he's got a full payload. The 50 cal didn't even leave a scratch. He pulls up sharply, comes around for a second run. Spitfire balls up, dude, he comes in close, drops it, nails it, boom, boom! Gotta be Things kidding. to kill him. Thank God. Yes, I'm right. Not good. <laughs> we need time to write my awards. You didn't write that yet? No, I did, but I'm just working on the humility aspects, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so anyways, I should note that Spitfire, they're referring to a fighter pilot, and that is played by the director himself, Jared Cohn. Oh, really? Oh, really? That wow. was Spitfire, yeah. Dude, there's some other great quotes that go on during this battle. There is, there is a time where he fires up a rail gun. Activating the rail gun. Eat this. <laughs> So right there, the monster knocks his rail gun out of the way, and he just totally levels a building. And then at one point, the monster gets on top of him. This thing's all over my ass, man. He's gonna tear me up. <laughs> I will say, I, it did. It did get. I, I got the sense <laughs> that Red was like the actors were told, just say what you think is happening in the scene, and we'll animate it after. <laughs> and so just him, like he basically wrote this movie as he was just like, okay, I guess I describe what's happening. Eat this railgun, and they're like, ah, shit, we have to animate that rail railgun now. <laughs> Do you have All any right. of the lines uh, from uh, Jared Cohn when he was flying over? No, no I don't. They were they Some were, of those pretty, were pretty good. good yeah, yeah, they were like, pretty funny. Fifty caliber, baby. Yeah, I know. He was he had a weird <laughs> daddy way of rabbit. Talk- yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it was so weird that I was like, who is that? Then I was like, oh, it's the director. That actually makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. And so, yeah. So at this point, they drive up after Red has gotten out of the uh, Save the Day and describing the situation. People pull up and they're like, okay, we're getting awards. We're like heroes. But he gets arrested for disobeying orders because he was obviously called back to not engage the monster and did anyways so he's arrested and as he's arrested someone comes up and is like where's my daughter where's my daughter where's my daughter and we have this pretty long scene of jim um going off and rescuing a 
girl from a fire and in a bar in a bar and calling himself Superfly it was funny because he was trying to convince this girl to like come with him because she was scared in this bar full of dead people. And he's like, no, I'm out there with my, my team of superheroes and my name is Superfly because um, I and I can fly and you get my back. And she's like, oh, okay. And then they get out there and as he's rescuing the girl, Red's from the car like, yeah, go Superfly. And I was like, wait, I thought he just made up that nickname this moment. Like on the spot. Right. Yeah, and instead, so. <laughs> instead, Red's like, and that's yeah, no, what that's worked, what we all call right? him. That's what convinced that girl to go with him because yeah. he's like, your dad sent me in here. You're in danger. The building's on fire. It's coming down. She's like, I'm not no, going to go. No and he's like, well, actually, my name's Superfly. You're right. like, what? That worked? What the hell was that? Yeah. So anyways, Red gets locked up and basically the admiral's like, I respect you. You're a hero. But obviously, this is military. You can't like disobey orders, a direct order from a superior. So you have to go through the trial. And, but you also are going to be awarded like a medal. So you have to go to this party tonight. And he's like, uh, great. Are you going to come with me? And the admiral's like, no, not interested. You know, take whoever you want, but you have to go. And then you're coming right here, back here to the brig. And so he kind of guilts Tracy into going with him. She's, she's not interested. Jim is 100% interested. He's off like helping people like who are seriously injured and stuff like that. Um, but and Tracy kind of hints that maybe something's going on with Jim. Like she's like, uh, maybe I want to go help out Jim. And he's like, what's Jim got to do with this? And she's like, oh boy. And you see in her face because she's acting uh, and emoting uh, that something maybe's going on between her and Jim. And we're like, whoa. Um, but they go to the party and Tracy and Red, they're all dancing. He's drinking a little too much. Tracy's like, you've had a lot of drink. And it seems like it's the middle of the afternoon. And he's like, whatever. Right. I mean, yeah, pretty much. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go because you're really drunk. And then he's like, but this is our song. She's like, we don't have a song. And then he's like, this is it. And then they just start dancing. I'm like, right. this is how easy it is. This is how pickup lines work. No, it's how love works, Kyle. It's how marriage love, works. Gotcha. Sorry. They're not married, are No, they? but they're going to be because look at them. Oh, they're so okay. in love. Um, yeah, they are. So anyways, the Admiral goes, talks to Jim a little bit. who's like having kind of trouble um with all the like the destruction and death that's going on from all this like kind of he's not feeling like celebrating so much um and the, the admiral gets called away and he has to go and he's he's informed by eyepatch that uh things aren't over that basically they already knew that there were other eggs like they had found these eggs before in the oil and that <laughs> they got a good another one's gonna hatch and the admiral's now, like, and this scene is amazing too because is Geist the one driving the car? Oh, I thought they were just in the back seat. Are they not in the back oh, seat? Oh, okay. Well, there's somebody back behind them, so um, I thought maybe he was driving the car because he is not looking at ever, all. Yeah. So maybe there's somebody driving. I don't know, but I just like to imagine him behind the wheel staring at the admiral the entire time, <laughs> talking yeah. about this egg. Do you have the sound clip or no? Do I, should I describe it? I don't. I don't okay. have that. You should describe it. So anyways, he asked him like, how many eggs are there? And Geis is like, two. And that was probably the hardest I laughed at during the movie. It's just him like so adamantly being like, there were two eggs. And then he talks about how they did genetic testing on them, but then left them for some reason. They like found the eggs, did genetic testing on them, figured out what they were, giant monsters that lived like 100 million years ago, and then left them in the oil to hatch, which is a little weird. 
but whatever. Yeah. And so then while one's dead, the other one they have to like f- find. But even before they really put forth much effort for finding it, um, they find out, oh, no, it's it's hatched and it's it's attacking. It's going to be attacking as well. And it comes ashore. And you know why they find that out? Why is because that? Because there's oh, a yeah. submarine in the water. Yeah, totally. So like a bunch of people are out searching for the egg. Like they have ships and submarines and stuff like that. And a submarine totally gets crushed by the hatched monster. Uh, yeah, it then, like the submarine, there's a little it's bit like, of a scene with it, and they say, oh, you know, pressure's dropping and something weird's going on. Then all of a sudden, it launches out of the water into an aircraft carrier, just totally blows it up. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's like way bigger than the previous monster, and it comes ashore, and uh, Red is like stuck in the brig, and everyone just like abandons him. Like the person guarding is like, I'll come back later. And like everyone's getting killed and Tracy and Jim are like, we got to get red. Yeah. And so they, you know, pull out of stops, they search everywhere and they're eventually able to get them out of the brig. They oh, run. I've got a clip. I've got a clip from that. Okay, it's, do it. Describes exactly what happened. Red, look, one of those things is outside. We got to get you out here right now. Where's the MP with the keys? He took off. Took off? Yeah, he went back to the station and he just bolted like a little pussy. What? Shit. Accurate. I mean, yeah, it's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so they're running away because they've scrambled a bomber. Like, like Geis really wants to nuke, like, everything. He's like, nuke it. And they're like, uh, chill. Uh, we're going to send a bomber instead. Like, we're not going to nuke our naval base. And so they're running away, and another, like, person picks them up and drives them away. And the bomber comes in and kills the monster. So they've they knocked out both the monsters. And, and what's so what's so good here, though, is... They broke Red out, didn't even use the bots. He, he's just no. get out of jail free card, right? I mean, he's yeah. out. Yeah. And then they're so, so, they're so far out that they're just like drinking at a bar, like celebrating again, being like, cheers to us and cheers to USA. And they're like getting, and someone comes over and is like, thank you for this service. Here's like some drinks on me. And they're like, yeah, great. And that's, this is where like Jim and Tracy and, they're like uh, red goes off to go to the bathroom or something and jim and tracy and jim's like we got to tell him like we got to tell him how we're in love and tracy's like we're not really in love we kind of like hooked up once or whatever and jim's like but we got to tell him we got to tell him so it it can all be above board and so when red comes back they're like we got something to tell you you know me and tracy hooked up and red's like oh good like only once and it's over and like that's fine i've hooked up with so many chicks of my friends like it's no big deal Uh, and he just thought, but he did think it was just like a kiss, right? right. Like that's he didn't have he sex thought. or anything. He didn't have sex. And Jim's like, and they're oh, like, boy. well, and yeah. then he's like, well, sorry, we got a phone call. Got to go to the base. I don't yeah. want to hear it. And this whole, this <laughs> like, whole thing. What? Yeah. This whole thing seems like it was improv. Like they're like, we don't have a script at this point. We've re- rewritten it 12 times. And at this point we've rewritten it so much that actually the pencil tore the paper up. So we no longer have any. Uh, paper and we have no script so just make it up and they just keep on no ending each other they keep on changing what's happening tracy's like we're not really we didn't really hook up and jim's like but we did we had sex and red's like it doesn't matter unless you had sex did you and they just keep on like talking around each other saying opposite stuff until they're called away and then they never talk about it again i know it that's was the last incredible. time they talk about it they never talk about the love triangle ever again no <laughs> last scene unresolved <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. So, so good. They're called into action because the monster, another monster, so a third one hatches. They didn't even know about this one. And it hatches and it's, you know, 
heading towards New York City. And so they're like, okay, we got to like up the ante. We got to get them into like new special technology for their robots so they can take out this giant monster. They're not going to have a chance without it. So they get them all out there. They give them something called a halo, goes on their head, and it's going to incorporate their nervous system directly into the robot. And they're going to be quick. Because one of the things they even mentioned while they were controlling the robot before is that they, the, the monster was just too fast for them. But now with this new technology, it's going to respond just like their body. And they're like, uh, word up. And like, how do we even get to New York City? And they're like, fly, duh, super fly. And so then they rocket ship away in these robots heading towards New York City. And the monster is just terrorizing what is clearly New York City. Um, obviously, like the setting and stuff like that. Um, probably filmed on location in the city, I would think, um, given mm-hmm. what we were seeing on the screen. Um, and definitely not in some random spot in Florida. Um, but yeah, they, they it's destroying the city. The robots come and start to crush it. And they pretty quickly realize a downside to all of this uh, technology they have is that they feel the pain now. They feel the pain of the robots. Yeah, you think that would be something that whoever was developing this would try to block but what can you do also at this point now all of a sudden command just says oh by the way you've got these really sweet giant melee weapons mm-hmm. could have used those before you know you got a sword you got an axe you got a hammer whatever again um, i feel like at some point it was like i eh, just make it up and someone was like and pull out your melee weapons and the animators were like oh god damn it can <laughs> <laughs> animate a sword okay yeah uh, and they but, could have had some really sweet kill scenes and stuff with those weapons, but we'll get to what happens later. Yeah. So I then at the same time, Eyepatch is being a super dick. Like he keeps on going around the Admiral trying to get a nuke. He just really wants a nuke, nuke, New York City of all places in the world to be like, let's drop a nuclear bomb. He's like, we got a job nuke, New York City. And so he's going around them and kind of being like Operation Trojan Horse in commencing. And the idea is that they're going to use one of the submarines that is heading towards New York City to bring the nukes in proximity and then fire it off even before the Admiral can say like no or whatever. Yeah. but And so now, now all of a sudden Red has to worry about this monster and a nuclear bomb heading right towards Manhattan. Right. And so the head of Armada now says, well, hey, why don't we try to jam this nuclear bomb because by the way, these suits also have the capability to jam nuclear bombs. You're like, oh, of course they do. Obviously. And yeah. ultimately, he is able to do it. We jammed that sucker! We See? jammed it! They jam it, man. They jam that they, sucker. They jam that sucker. That's that's Big a jam. Time. Yeah. And he grabs that nuke, he plucks it right out of the sky. He's got a jammed nuke, you know, in his arms. And he flies back. In the meantime, Jim and Tracy having a pretty tough go of it with this monster to the point where Tracy is on the verge of getting killed. So Jim has to take her out of there. He's like, I got to fly. I got to save her. And Red's like, I got this. And he's going to sacrifice himself. So he takes this nuke. Oh, he's like, I'm going to fly him into space. I'm taking this thing in space and I'm going to blow this nuke up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he just says it with a little more gusto can and passion. You, sorry, can you play that again? I'm taking this thing in space and I'm going to blow this nuke up. Oh, boy. And I think he may 
have been drinking before this. Also, <laughs> it sounds like he has like a flask in his robot suit. He's like, "Take yeah. it into space. We're gonna blow it up." And so yeah, it's kind of crazy. Also, during this time, Geis has been so mad that uh, the nuke was jammed that he now pulls a gun on uh, people in the Navy office. Yeah, and, bro, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. doesn't work out very well for him either because some quick karate chops and uh, Geis is down for the count and arrested. So, and he does, But he does shoot the Admiral in the arm, but it is A-OK because the next scene we see that the Admiral also has regenerative, eh, regenerative abilities and no longer is wounded. I believe he's a cyborg. I think that's in the oh, script. Perfect. It's never mentioned, but he is in the Full script. Full cyborg, half cyborg. Where are we sitting on this? Um, I guess it depends on the proportions. Both his arms and one leg are robotic. Both arms and one leg. And then his dick, obviously. Okay, so he's cyborg. Okay. Big time. Uh, and then what else is happening here? Oh, I was going to say, happening. I was going to make this a joke happening. about Eyepatch, uh, where the script ricocheted off, off of something else and um, knocked out his other eye, but- Wow, Jamie, that is It's not good. It wasn't a good joke, so we're close. Yeah. We're oh, there. we're we're right right there cuz he flies him up to space, red, and blows up the monster and we're like red must be dead. Cuz we see back in somehow back in Florida or whatever, um Tracy and Jim are there and he's like running to her. Somehow they've both been thrown from their robot uh robots. Um the robots are nowhere to be seen. Uh, and Jim's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, okay. And then, uh, Red's robot falls from the sky and you're, and you're thinking this is a beautiful sacrifice. Like Red will sacrifice himself for the good of humanity. He will die on the scene. And then Jim and Tracy can fall in love. Um, and you know, that, that'll be a resolution to all of our things. Nope. It crashes to earth. And then Red just rises from the earth, like bum, bum, bum. And I did it. And everyone's like, hooray. Yep. Red pretty much. And then he gets a medal. Yeah. 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 And so. I mean, and then, and then right there, what do they do? How do they end the movie? They have a medal ceremony. No, and no, gets no, medals. man. They go and they go get some shots. Oh, that's right. Shots. Say. They all want to get drunk. And yeah, I think my big question for this movie is, what do you guys think happens to their love lives following this event? Considering <sighs> that we it's an unresolved love triangle going on right now. We do. And I think red, well, there is, all right, there is the sequel, right? I don't, these people, do the same not, people are not I do in not it. believe that the characters carry over to the sequel. Which is very disappointing. Uh, but I think that red lets, all this go to his head. He spirals out of control. Makes sense. Gets a little abusive. He's Jim not. Steps he's in. not the marrying type. Red. Red? No, he's not. And I mean, anybody who makes a sound like this, I don't know if you can marry him. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 oh boy. Yeah, uh, I, I was. I didn't know when to use that one. But I was like, I <laughs> at some point, right? <laughs> I feel like I've heard you make that sound a few times, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Put 
Potentially. So, who wants to start off our ratings? Um, I think one of uh, I think one of our, our silent members needs to chime in and, and inform us what they thought. The gruesome, gruesome or twosome? I want them in sequential order. So gruesome is Alex. So gru- uh, Alex first. Well, this movie was quite fun to watch, actually. Uh, one of the better <laughs> movies that we have watched. Um, editing. Thank was, you. Thank edit- you. Editing was perfect, as far as I could tell. Acting was bar none um, compared to everything else we've watched. Um, the monsters <laughs> appeared real. I had no problems with it. Treach has actually been one of my favorite rappers of all time, and just being able to finally... <laughs> See him in this movie uh, for the first time was great. I'm surprised I'd never watched it before. Although I did see him in a Law and Order episode before, that was kind of cool. Um, uh, Snake Plissken's weird cousin in this movie was really fun to watch. <laughs> his name was Snake. Did you, did you did you see that his nickname? It was Sheldon, wasn't it? No, no, Sheldon in, Snake. I think in the, I think in yeah I think in it was the, on Wikipedia too. Yeah, Sheldon Snake Geis. Oh, no way. That's what it says. I, I, I called him Flake when I was watching it, but <laughs> nice. I, I, I thought he was uh, I thought he was a good, you know, addition to the movie. They've got to have the, all these movies. They've always got to have like someone that's a good guy, but also a bad guy for no fucking reason. And that's this guy. And uh, he did it, you know, about as good as anybody else could. Um, if you ask me, I don't think anyone else could do that. I don't think anybody on this podcast could have done it any better. No, no way. No, absolutely not. So uh, the submarine action that we got in this, uh, this has been what I've been waiting for the whole <laughs> okay. time. I could not. <laughs> I was so happy. We actually got ourselves something good here. Good monsters. I mean, they, you know, they actually look ridiculous. And that flight scene with that rail gun with the director, I, I it, it looked just like a cockpit of this giant... Jet that he was flying. <laughs> it was so good. I'm nine and a half out of twelve. I'm going there. Wow, nine and a half. <laughs> Celebrating. All right, too. So it's, it's hard to follow up. Oh, it is. Got some big shoe prints to try to step in, but my feet are too small. All well, right. Don't be modest now, bud. Don't. <laughs> this so, is your time I mean, to say whatever you want. I mean, what, well, what? I mean, Alex, what is there else to say that hasn't already been said in your beautiful, yeah, that that that, that angel like voice that you're able to describe such vivid scenes and amazing acting? I just feel really, really um, close. But this movie was more like this. Is that like suave? It's called Lone Wolf. Um, so, you know, it's an asylum film. You know exactly what you're getting into. I don't even know what kind of ex- what kind of Zach Barr I'm supposed to hold this to. Uh, I, I, you know, Alex with a nine and a half is a great score. I don't think mine's going to hit that high. I think mine's going to be more in the three. Um, wow. It's 
not good. It's bad. It's asylum. It's this one wasn't even particularly that entertaining to me. These damn movies and their damn budgets always, always never give you enough monster. They never give you enough CGI. They never give you enough. I wanted to see more monsters. I wanted to see less talking and less Power Rangers. And I wanted to see more, more monsters and, Mm -hmm. and more romance and, and art and, and, and vocabulary and culture. And I didn't get any of that. Three. Okay. All right. I can jump in here. I'm going to come in kind of thinking along the lines of, I I feel like I always (laughs) got to look to my anchor and kind of, you know, what my my center, what centers me. Um, And that's going to be Steel Sharks, (laughs) um, which obviously I think. True North. Right. Yeah. So. I feel like that one kind of sets the bar. It's got a lucky coin. I think we've talked about that. Have we mentioned lucky <laughs> coin before? Oh, God. Maybe once. Makes, maybe once or twice, but not a lot. It brings Any me joy. Movie that's like not quite good. We mentioned Steel Sharks. Right. And I feel like this this kind of lived up to that, I think. In terms of there were wow. genuine moments of glee and joy in watching the stupidity of this and just how bad it was. And it did seem like they literally wrote the script while they were filming it. Like the director was like, just say whatever. And they were like, okay. And then they made the film based off whatever these maniacs said while they were acting. And I don't know. There is something there. Do I give it the three, full three and a half Steel Sharks level? It's tough. I got to think about it. Let me g- give me give me 15 or 20 minutes okay. uh, to think about it. You know what? Actually, I just came to my conclusion. I am... Not. I'm actually going to come in, and I never do this. Should I do a 3.25? No, I'm going to come in with three. A three? Three. Up, cat. Three. Wow. Ooh. Sharks. Wow. Uh, let me let me follow that up. Um, you you raised some interesting points by by once again invoking the name of Steel Sharks. I'd say this is on a tier below that. Right. Um, we've watched some bad movies uh, that have actually jumped up into like a really fun to watch category. Like The Rift always comes to mind. Dark Descent. Uh, I, I do. I did really like Dark Descent. Watching. I think it's so stupid uh, and silly. That is another good one. Um, I gave that um, a two. I think. <laughs> but I think. By that token, this is on a, on a tier far below. It, it's more reminiscent of the other assign- one of the. Well, I don't, I'm not sure how many asylum films we've watched at this point, but uh, Moby Dick. Um, oh think- no, this is this is better. 2010 than Moby, Dick. Moby Dick. Yes, 2010 Moby Dick. What about USS Indianapolis? That's a, another good comparison, I think. Um, I think this is worse than that. See, I, think I think it's slightly this- better. I really think that this is in that 2010 Moby Dick category, Silent Venom category. Uh, It did have a few funny moments that we have pointed out. We've played the sound clips. uh, Aside from the um, Jet Fighter pilot sound clips, there's an actual clip of that on YouTube for anybody that wants to watch it. It's pretty funny. Uh, I gave you a few of the quotes. There's another one where he yells, I'm going to get the Medal of Honor for this one. Um but outside of that, I, 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 this was uh, not a great film. Um, I'm going to give it a... I'll give it a one. Okay. Kind of balance out 
The nine point nine and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's a true. One. A one. I think it's fair. I I for one think it's fair. I suppose. I have to bring up the back then. The caboose, if you will. I call it the booze. Right. That's what the kids are the calling boost? it nowadays. Oh, yeah, they call it the booze. They got to shorten everything, don't mm-hmm. they? Uh, they do. All right. This film, and you can call it a film, a piece of cinema, an asylum film. 2010 Moby Dick was kind of my, I mean, I'm sure I've seen other ones, but, you know, my introduction since we've done this podcast to the asylum films, I thought this was infinitely better than that film. Wow. And then, Jamie, you've got you've got Steel Sharks. Mm-hmm. I look at Steel Sharks also. I consider I I it's newer, it's recent that we've done, but I now I look to Midway. I'm like, man, this or Midway. I Midway is a naturally perfectly fine movie. I don't understand. It's a very competent False. movie. And you look at an actor like Red who is delivering Oscar-worthy lines in this film. CGI looks like trash. Love triangle that we never know. Editing, amazing, like Alex talked about. Fantastic. Literally, these people are inside these giant fighting robots, right? And at one point, Tracy is spiraling down out of mm. control into the bottom of the ocean, and then they cut to her, and she's just standing still in this command thing. These people aren't even hooked up. They're not even, like, secured in any way, not in any kind of harness. It's incredible. Literally, like I said, the Admiral got shot in the arm, and then next scene, perfectly fine. Love it. And I'm glad that you also mentioned that map that they were looking at, Jamie, when they're looking at the bottom of the ocean floor. And <laughs> it's, it's just the whole world. It's the whole world that they're like, like what the hell is that? Something's on the radar. You know? It's like, well, where? Like in, you're talking about <laughs> yeah. Yemen? Where? Crazy. Uh, I mean, this movie is what it is. I had fun with it. I literally laughed out loud so hard when uh, they were getting Red out of his holding cell. He's like, that guy just bolted like a little pussy. <laughs> like, they didn't have to add that part on there, but it just made it so funny. I'm and telling you, part, they made it all up. They all made it all up. Oh, they must have. And then a part that we didn't even mention was as soon as he got put in that holding cell, like this workout montage began with like push-ups and shadow boxing, him moving his cot, him moving the cot back. And I was like, man, <laughs> he must be in here for days. And then the Admiral shows up. He's like, good work out there today. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it's in there for like an hour. <laughs> So, oh man, all these things aside, I mean, is this, is this good? No, but is it really fun to watch? Cause it's like just so bad or whatever. I mean, yeah, it absolutely is. And I give the edge to this over midway. That's for darn sure. So I'm going to come in. The way I'm talking about this, you're, you're going to think my score should be way higher than it is, but I'm going to give this a four. And I think the 1.6 that it has on IMDb is a travesty. All oh, right. I mean, yeah. All right. It, had, do, it had its merits. Are we going to do uh, Love It or Hate It? We got, we got Love It or Hate It today? Can yes. I edit my score? I'm sorry. Oh, can I edit whoop. my score? Yes. What do you, you want to change from a nine point five to a ten? I, I just I just realized this film was 
released direct to DVD on my birthday in the United Kingdom oh. seven years ago. <laughs> so that's got to bring it up to 9.6. There Ooh, wow. that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years ago. So that's when you turned 17. Great. I actually turned 10. He only turned 10 then. Oh, he's because he's 17 now. Got it. Sorry. Yes. All right. Love it. Hate it theme. Go. Is there one? Did it? This is uh while while you cue that up. This is Alex's high up uh, second highest rated film. Oh wow! Do I have sound for love it hate it? I can't even remember. I think you may have been joking. I just love always say it, and I'm hoping one time you'll have it. Okay, well there's a radio <laughs> station down here that does it. I'll I'll make sure record it off the radio and let you guys use it. <laughs> Thank good. Love yeah, I'm sure it, we'll run into no it. issues at all with that. They're Thanks, pretty buddy. cool guys. They're pretty cool guys. You can call in and talk to them. I They're think they'd like cool our guys. podcast, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had one of our friends on there before telling a story over the radio. Ooh. We could easily call in. Ooh. Maybe friends I want to do Love It first, I think. Okay. Here it is. Well, it's Three, for us to two. decide, okay. as he always says. All right. Three, two, one. We're going. Max Cudworth, July 2013. 11 out of 10. Would watch again. Here we go. Why do I want to write the 10th the comment on Atlantic Rim? I'm not sure. Almost everything that could be possibly said about it has been said. But like so many other people who wrote comments, I was and am profoundly moved by the simple and eloquent depiction of hope and friendship and redemption. <laughs> The only other movie I have ever seen that affects me as strongly as this is Sharknado. Hmm. Both movies leave me feeling cleaner for having watched them. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't intend to see this movie at all. I do not like robot movies. I don't normally watch them. I work at a branch library. And one day <laughs> I was checking <laughs> Atlantic Rim out to one of our older customers she said what? to me, whenever I feel down or depressed, I check out this movie and watch it. And it always makes me feel better. At the time, I thought that was very strange. One day, there was nothing on TV except things I absolutely would not watch under any circumstance or things I had seen too many times already. I remembered what she said. So I watched it. I have watched it many, many times since then. And it gets better with every showing. Amazing. Action. Special effects. Men fighting robot monsters. <laughs> Atlantic Rim and Sharknado are the best movies I've ever seen. I do not judge it by its technical merits. I don't really care about that. I have read that Sharktopus or One-Eyed Monster or this or that movie is the best movie ever made. They may have the best technique or be the most influential motion pictures ever made, but not the best. The best movies are the ones that touch the soul. It takes a movie like Atlantic Rim to touch the soul. Wow. I mean... Very well, very well written. I, I think he yeah. liked it more than Alex. He might have, yeah. That might be a 12-incher. Now... Well, you said it was 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10. He went above yeah. and beyond. Wow. Yep. That was Max 
Cudworth. Thanks, Max. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, by J. Trujillo, 736-56381, July 2013. Steaming pile of poopy. Spoiler alert, this movie sucks. It's horrible, just like any cheap B-rated knockoff of a summer blockbuster would. I mean, why bother with making up your own storylines when you can just copy the basic premises of a movie that's already coming out? Think of it like this. Some dude at Sci-Fi was sitting on his couch, hitting the bong, and saw the trailer (laughs) for Pacific Rim and said, Haha, dude, we should totally do that. And the screenwriter was there with him and was like, LOL, yeah, dude, (laughs) pass that bong. And the the first dude was like, no, man, I mean a movie like that. We could even call it Atlantic Rim. And then people will get confused and and think it's the cool one that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars producing and even marketing. And we can get paid. And the second dude then said, hells yeah, we don't even have to bother with a screenplay. Just copy that shit. Okay, now pass that bong, bro. And then three weeks and 20 BG-rated actors and a bunch of low-rate Chinese CGI, and we have Atlantic Rim Job. Seriously. <laughs> this movie is a wad. Horrible, horrible acting. Everyone looked like they weren't quite sure where they should be standing or saying or doing. Over the top, Ill- illogical bravado from everybody. There's one scene where everyone in the town is magically dead except one father who's wandering back and forth pacing looking for his daughter who he knows is in the building he is standing in front of but instead of going in and saving her just walks around calling to her looking lost and confused the human element was missing from the movie you couldn't connect any characters they had no depth behind their bios that were likely written by a toddler in the end (laughs) the good guy kill the monsters and the hero gets the girl or the guy i forget what they all wound up doing he and his sidekick had a special relationship they didn't get into that's it what that's it <laughs> okay wow all like right the bong, the bong reference and all that that's great visual mm-hmm. he really painted he really painted a picture for us that was like yeah it was like a imagine it like i could i could see it unfolding yeah. in front of me the birth of the mockbuster. <laughs> i felt like i was there were you there i wasn't I wish I was. Oh, okay, good. That guy was, apparently, because he recounted it so nicely. All right, should I get into some trivia? Sure. I'm ready. Are you ready ready to actually answer some questions? Because I got some pretty tricky trivia here. Oh, I hope you do. All right, so they wanted to film at the Naval Air Base in Pensacola, um, but the Navy was like, no. So instead, they shot almost entirely at a private helicopter airport, and you could barely tell. Uh, There was a large number of rewrites throughout the film, due in part because of the location change, up to nine, apparently, times they had to rewrite the script. Uh, That's a lot. It did seem like they were just changing stuff on the fly, so that, that might have accounted for the nine different times they did it. So anyways... The site for what state capital was chosen because it was halfway between Pensacola and St. Augustine. What is the capital? Tallahassee. Good one. That was actually a Jeopardy question. So I was like trying to search some trivia about Pensacola, but apparently not much doing because the Wikipedia didn't have much on there. But then when I searched the J archive, they had that question. So I was like, oh, that's pretty good. 
All right. A sequel was released in 2018 called Atlantic Rim Resurrection, and it did coincide with the sequel to Pacific Rim, also released in 2018. Uh, so that film, Pacific Rim, filmed uh, uh, debuted at number one. It dethroned what Marvel mega hit, which had held the top spot for five weeks. And that had been the first film since Avatar to hold the number one spot for five weeks. So it was 2018? Mm-hmm. Is that Infinity War? It is not. It would have been a little bit before Infinity War. It was Endgame? Black, Black Panther. Oh. Sorry. Wait, was that Black Panther may have been after Infinity War, but before Endgame, right? I can't keep them all straight, like but I was trying to figure out where they were at. So it's actually, I think it's the third highest grossing Marvel film of all time and the ninth all time or something of any film and pacific rim outdid that really it dethroned it but then it, it had a pretty disappointing uh rest okay. of the box office the sequel did um but yeah it, it was number one uh and dethroned uh, black panther all right so this is one of six films in season 12 of mystery science theater 3000 and it's the only film ever to be done on that program from the 21st century so this is the this is a hard one and, and no one no one watched that right no one watched the mystery science theater done for this film Nope. Nope. I did not. Yeah, me neither. I never I never got around to season two of Mystery Science Theater, but I should go back and watch that one. It's, it probably would be pretty fun. Um, but this is a hard one. But what artwork, the artwork for what artist's album I've seen the movie to was inspiration for the logo that you see for Mystery Science Theater and kind of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 in general. Kind of them sitting in the chairs with the movie playing in front of them. Anyone know? This is actually also a Jeopardy question. Very hard question. I do not know. Do not know. I, can you repeat it? <laughs> so the artwork, the artwork for what artist's album, musical artist's album, I've seen the movie too, was inspiration for Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like the original, like way back in the day. Yep. Hmm. I don't know what that would be. I've seen the movie too. Is it a is I'll it a pretty you, well known is it a pretty well known artist? I will yes, and I will see. Uh, um, oh God, I got to think of another album that he had because um, a, a hint would be that another famous album well, would be. Uh, sounds like a, it's a single guy, right? Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Well, that's Elton John. There we go. So Elton John, that's the artist. Um, so he had an album. I've seen the movie too, and if you see the if you look at the picture for the front of that album it basically looks like it's mystery science theater 3000 with like the blacked out chairs and then them watching a movie uh all right so this is also known as from the sea according to imdb and i think kyle mentioned that so by the sea was a 2015 critically maligned film made by which married actors one of who also directed the film it was filmed during their honeymoon in malta does anyone remember this by the sea what year 2015 Oh, I don't. Sounds like something Kevin Costner would do, but he'd probably been married for a long time before. Yeah, I think he's been married for 50 or 60 years at this point. Well, we're, then. We're doing what? By the sea? By we're the sea, for, yeah. We're looking for who? Who is the, the married couple who made that film, one of whom directed it? Both starred in it. It was filmed during their honeymoon in Malta. Hmm. Isn't that the the movie with the little brother in it? That's 
I don't think so. Or am I thinking of something else? No, this is a sad movie starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie directed it. And it was, everyone was like, that is garbage. Not what I was thinking of. in 2015? That's when they got married. I think they had been together for quite a while at that point. Aren't they divorced now? Yep. They got divorced in 2019, I think. Wow. Okay. Uh, And then the fighter pilot, as I mentioned, the fighter pilot who killed the first monster was played by the director, Jared Cohn. Um, he's also the director of another mockbuster, Bound. He's actually directed a bunch for the Asylum, but he did have one mockbuster called Bound, which is a knockoff of what sexy blockbuster film? Bound. I don't know. It's got to be Fifty Shades of Grey. There we go. I feel like it's 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 in line with what you'd think a mockbuster should be. Kind of hinting at what we're talking about, but obviously, probably much sexier. <laughs> Um, and really, I was just trying to work in this because his tidbit from his Wikipedia is hilarious. It basically says he is a photographer, editor, and After Effects user, as well as a black belt in Shaolin Kempo Karate, a professional paintball player, and a certified scuba diver. Dude, this guy is legit. I didn't even, I tried to search like pro paintball player. I couldn't find anything about it. So Now, I mean, those first ones kind of go hand in hand when you're doing movies like this. You kind of got to have more than one role, but dude, when you're like a Shaolin black belt, yep. and then on the weekend, you're just playing paintball, throwing smoke grenades with the boys. I don't think it's with a boy. I mean, he's a professional. That's oh, his that's job. True. Well, so. I mean, if you're a professional, you're probably friends with other professionals, right? Oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah, with his friends. And um, they could be doing it underwater. Because he's a certified scuba diver. True. This guy, he's got to figure it out. All right. And I'll finish up with Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. All right, so this one was pretty close. There's obviously a huge number of people involved who have submarine credits because they were involved with the asylum. But I, I try to get it with the actors. Um, even the director, I don't think, has another one with submarines in it necessarily. I guess maybe the sequel to this movie uh, would. Um, but I, I try to do only actors, and no one had other submarine films except. Eric Schmitz, who was, do you remember a scene where there's like a street performer and someone like comes up and like puts money in his like guitar case? Oh, right before yes, the monster right in the beginning, attacks. right? Um, oh, the monster attack. Right yeah. before the monster attack, and then he's running away. That street performer, he was in USS Indianapolis. No way. <laughs> yeah. And so it's easy from that pile of shit. So now usually at this point, I kind of talk about, you know, make up some bullshit, lie a whole bunch about what Ed Harris had to do with this movie. And I just, I couldn't do it. I, I was basically inspired because I, I don't know if you knew this, but um, this is Ed Harris's favorite film. And he actually showed it during his wedding and it was beautiful. Like I, I was there obviously. And we, they took us, took everyone down to the local cinema and played this movie in its entirety. And they just cried and held each other the entire time. And, I mean, it was really inspiring, and it just inspired me never to lie ever again. So I can't do it anymore. I can't pretend like Ed Harris was supposed to be in this movie, or Ed Harris was you know, a director on this or something. That's not true. Ed Harris was not involved in this film. It's just his favorite film, and he played it during his wedding. This makes me wonder if he's the guy who wrote that review that Zach read earlier. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote the Love It one. Uh, but that is a bad question. Where, If he were to be involved in this film, what role would he have gotten? Is he red? Or is so, he the admiral? 
I like him as so the could admiral. Could you imagine him as the wild card though? Like Ed acting all crazy like that? It'd be funny. Like Ed. All right. Can you imagine Ed Harris screaming this? This thing's all over my ass, man. He's gonna tear me up. <laughs> no, good point. I think it's yeah. Admiral makes sense. I don't think he can be red. Couldn't be Geist because he never plays a bad guy. Have to be the admiral. Yeah, I feel like could have been Jim. Jim, I'm gonna say Jim. Jim. That point, Tracy, there would have been there wouldn't have been any question. Tracy would have been like, "Red, it's over. I'm with Ed Harris." Yeah, yeah. Makes you wonder. Yep. <laughs> a lot of silence there, boys. <laughs> yeah, it went on for a while. It was a lot of dead air. Uh, that was some dead Don't air. Worry. Nothing skipped. Nothing like that. We're still here, gang. All right. Is that it? That's all I got. I, yeah. That's all you got, huh? That's all I got. All right. All right, man. It's time. It's it's sub sub world world wide. Wait, are we really doing a sub this time? We're really doing a sub because I haven't done a sub in a really long time. Can and you, can in the future, can at some point you start doing submarine sandwiches and detailing oh. like different submarine sandwiches? I had one today. I should do that. That okay. would make more sense, I guess, for a lot of these films. And good call, Jamie. I will look for some sub info later. But today I have a sub that has literally nothing to do with this movie and I just wanted to do a sub. So we're going to take on the Royal Navy's Vanguard nuclear submarine operated by the UK, built by Vickers Shipbuilding and Engineering in the early 90s. Four were ordered, four were completed, although some people tried to cancel the last one. So thank God they got all four of them. For length on these things, they are 491 feet, 10 inches. They have a beam of 42 feet. And this blew my mind. I didn't know that this company has anything to do with anything like this. Maybe you guys knew. Maybe I'm just an idiot. I don't know. But the nuclear reactor in it? What luxury brand do you think would make a nuclear reactor? BMW. Okay. From what other? Rolls Royce. No. Birthday boy with the Rolls Royce. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, they make a lot of big engines for other vehicles too, like mining, like those giant mining rigs that you see go down mountains and shit like that. They do a lot of big stuff like that. Yeah, I had no idea they did anything like that. And um, in 2012, they, I mean, after these subs were built, but for the next subs coming out, they won a bid with the UK government. Cost like four hundred million dollars pounds, sorry, to integrate their new reactor into the UK subs. But um, and I want to say that those cost, I think it was like three billion pounds or something like that. It was it was really high up there. But anyway, so Rolls Royce nuclear reactor in this. Um, oh, yes, the PWR3 is in the new Dreadnoughts, and that costs $3 billion. So, anyways, back to the Vanguard. The turbines can generate 
500 ship horsepower or 20.5 megawatts. They have two turbo generators that can put out six megawatts and two diesel alternators that put out 2,700 ship horsepower. They can travel along at 25 knots while submerged, but they'd also say maybe greater. Obviously, nuclear subs, unlimited range, only really limited by food. Holds 135 people. Now, for weapons, they have torpedo decoys, which I think is fun. They have four 21-inch torpedo tubes for spearfish torpedoes. And they have 16 missile tubes for the Lockheed Trident II submarine-launched ballistic missiles. And only they only load eight of the 16. And there was some, there was some kind of uh, scaling back movement or something like that in the UK that said, you know, do we really need all these weapons? So they scale back. Um, these are some of the largest subs that were ever built for the Royal Navy. And so large, in fact, that dockyards had to undergo extensive work so they could actually house these submarines and the new Trident missiles. Uh, they needed to be able to handle, store, process the arms, Birth, dock, engineer, train, all that type of stuff. And it costs 550 million pounds to remake a dockyard just so this could be done. And there was actually even a completely new one built specifically for these boats, the Devonshire Dock. Hmm. First one was laid down in 1986, and it was completed in 1992, commissioned in 93. And then the last one, like I said, they were trying to, there's some talk about canceling it, was uh, finally commissioned in 1999. And 2006, Tony Blair over there was saying, hey, why don't we scale back instead of having four subs go to three? <laughs> Whoa, Tony, let's calm down. We're about subs here. 2009, Gordon Brown said that they were still considering scaling back to three. And then, 2011, Defense Secretary Liam Fox said, hey, we need four of these things for nuclear deterrent. And the class will be... There was some talk, actually, about replacing these things much earlier. Uh, I think it was like mid-2000s they were talking about it. But the class will be replaced in 2028. So still got some life in these things. And that's all I got. I loved it. I love learning about submarines. Um, so this one's pretty big. This one was a pretty big submarine. Uh, it's big. Yeah, it's big. I like them when they're big. I know you do. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but well, I know you do. No, I, it means exactly what I said. I like, sub I like the submarines when they're big. Well, Good. I'm glad. Like, what was the French one that's really big? The Triumphant? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm into this triumphal. What was the Russian one that was really huge? Typhoon? <clears throat> typhoon. I don't know why I just blanked on that. Man, I don't know. No, that's a typhoon. I mean, that's yeah. like the the big one. Man. Yeah. Great. All right. Alex. Birthday man. Yes. You got anything for us? Nothing too crazy. Zach found a good article earlier. I'll let him read that one. But All right. Well, you might be happy to know I do have your theme song here tonight. 
you guys think I was actually looking up news? <laughs> Got a little bit of a laugh from Zach tonight. I love that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he was laughing because yeah, I was like, oh, so we have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have you guys heard in the news before about the prime minister of Israel? Never heard Benjamin, of him. Benjamin Netanyahu, how he's yeah. like being charged for like fraud or something like that. Criminal charges. I don't know. Whatever. Part of that stems from a $2 billion purchase of submarines from Germany. So – um, much like the United States, they kind of have a Congress over there, but it's called the Knesset. And they just voted yesterday to reject a commission to investigate his role, Netanyahu's role into the submarine affair. And protest to that, someone flew a mini Zeppelin fashioned in the shape of a submarine over their legislative body. Um, I would imagine something like that flying over here in the United States probably would have been shot down and jets would have came flying from all over the place. One of uh, the people worried about this, his exact quote, the submarines affair will continue to hover over us until the truth will be revealed. So it doesn't really say who started flying the submarine Zeppelin looking thing. But I, if I had to guess, it's probably that guy. His name was Lapid. <laughs> All because he said, hover over us, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think you found it, dude. You should write them. Are there pictures of this thing online? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you like me to post it? Uh, if you could. Yeah, I could do that for you guys. Don't worry. And then uh, it lastly. It looks amazing. Sorry. I just saw it. Oh, you, found, you saw it? Okay. <laughs> uh, earlier today, down in... Uh, Broward County, Florida, um, a U.S. submarine uh, was off the coast uh, with a snorkel up and uh, caught on camera, believe it or not. Three little dolphins uh, were swimming along with it and even leading the submarine. So if you want to feel your heart feel a little bit better today, (laughs) we'll link this video for you, too, to go ahead and take a nice little look at it where, you know, when some people see a sub, they think impending doom. But these dolphins, they swim right up to it and lead it. Lead it wherever it needs to go. So pretty heartfelt. I think anybody that watches this will absolutely love it. And you might even be able to get a good screen grab and make it your desktop background or put it on your phone. Show it to a loved one. It's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> I'll also link that for you guys as well. It's great. You're welcome. Beautiful. Yeah, and whenever you do this, I also search just submarine movie news since we might be interested in that. I did see that Magic School Bus going to be adapted elizabeth banks just cast as miss frizzle what? and we can only hope that that school bus is turning into a submarine it has to movie. at some point i mean in a tv show it definitely did so there's no way that bus isn't going inside a kid's body oh i yeah i kind of agree with that for sure <laughs> good god what there's an episode i mean that is what that happens, that is what happens like the most the famous you know it's like one of those famous shows perverts I think I saw uh, saw that on Jackass one time. <laughs> Smash cut. No. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll bop in here with a quick news article that uh, Alex um, said I found. Uh, so just a quick one, but uh, some U.S. Navy news. They announced their intent to ink a $10 billion in contracts for the first two Columbia subs. Uh, U.S. Navy is poised to ink almost $10.4 billion in contracts with General Dynamics Electric Boats. 
for the first two Columbia-class ballistic missile submarines. They uh, will carry more than a dozen nuclear missiles, and they are on constant patrol. The announcement was released on Monday. Um, they're awarding $869 million to Electric Boat to complete design work on the subs as part of the contract modification, and then the $9.5 billion for the first two hauls. Um, the first one slated for a 2028 delivery, and the plan is to have its first patrol in 2031. Um, the plan is to eventually have this extend to 12 submarines. So, uh, 12 of these Columbia classes. Yep, yeah, that's these Columbia class subs. It's uh, you know, that's Navy's top acquisition priority. Uh, I guess it's article talks about how expensive it is, like the entire program. Uh, the whole program, this Columbia class submarine program, costs is costing roughly 109 billion dollars. So, it's pocket change, right? So there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> More nukes. You ready to count down? Oh, Rom. let's do it. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. All right, so Kyle said it was mandatory that we play my theme song. Even though I told him I was not going to be doing a countdown tonight, I'm going off script tonight. <gasps> no. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I, you know, I was flying high a few weeks ago when we did the uh, top 10 shocking news and tabloid headlines and uh, just haven't been able to uh, catch lightning in a bottle ever since. And I just need to go on sabbatical a little bit from the power rankings. Um, so tonight, fortunately, I found, uh, I I'm surprised you didn't catch this, Jamie, but uh, in the J archive, there was an Atlantic Rim alternative fun facts trivia. What? Yeah, I don't know how you how you missed that. That's um, also uh, very functional for tonight's episode because that is a Zach fact. Oh, okay. Woo! That's, why I didn't, that's why I didn't find it because it was too real for me. Yeah, so, you know, I've done alternative submarine news in the past, um, uh, but tonight we're doing alternative Atlantic Rim trivia courtesy of the J Archive. So I'm going to start it off. I want our, our birthday boy uh, to uh, pick the first um, uh, level, uh, dollar amount here. 200, 400, 600, 800, 1,000. Uh, wh- where do you want to start the, on the board here, Alex? 600. Hmm. He's going with 600. Interesting. Uh, all right. So $600. Kaiju in the Atlantic would need to weave through the Strait of Gibraltar to snag a pair of aviator rims from Ray-Ban's headquarters in this European country. Kaiju in the Atlantic would need to weave through the Strait of Gibraltar to snag a pair of... There you got it, Alex. $800. Alex is on the board. I thought it was 600. Oh, sorry, sorry. Birthday bonus. Birthday bonus. Don't <laughs> oh, oh part, pardon me. He's going to need it. Uh, we will give him a birthday bonus. Uh, where would you like to go then? Let's uh, let's follow up with uh, the other part of the twosome here, the other half. Some would, say, some would say the worse half. I would agree. No, I'm kidding. Zach, where do you want to go? Just show me the way home, baby. 
Does that mean I mean you're going up to eight hundred? Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> Zach, don't lose your religion if you don't know the answer. The rock band Rim was found in this pleasant Atlantic coast state. It's R E M. Can I guess or answer? Well, after Zach gives his guess, um, or if well, because he's he's gonna look it up because I know the answer. I, I I don't. You said it where? where? I said don't lose Pacific your religion. Or if you Atl- don't know it the was answer. Atlantic, right? Uh, yep, th- these are all Atlantic, and they all involve rims. Well, this is REM, though. That's the joke. Rock band rim was found in this pleasant Atlantic coast state. He doesn't know. Alex, take it away. Florida, Georgia. Alex, you said Georgia. Damn it, Georgia. That is correct. I know. I heard it on the radio the other day, actually. That's how I, I it. would not have known that. So with your birthday bonus, that puts you at 1600 Let's give the floor to Kyle. You got oh 200 gosh. 400 and 1000 remaining here. Let's go 1000 Let's do this. All right. All this, you got the perfect. After finding fame, pimping rides with spinning rims, rapper Exhibit starred alongside Nick Cage and Eva Mendez in Bad Lieutenant, a film set in this Atlantic port city. It's an easy one. Yeah, it's New Orleans. Yep. You got it. Call New Orleans. Oh, man. I would argue that that's not an Atlantic. I would also argue that. Yeah, I, know, I was like, wait, that's why it kind of threw me for a second. I was like, wait a minute, what? It's in New the Orleans, Gulf? Uh, being in the it's Gulf of Gulf Mexico, is still an Atlantic port city, though. True. Yeah. Well... I'm gonna take those thousand points. Do it. Put them. Put them in your pocket. I'm not. I'm not I've taking them away got from you. Them. I right. will be choosing four hundred. I see that it's a daily double, and I will be wagering all of the money I have, which is four thousand dollars. All right, four thousand dollars daily double. Perfect. Answer: daily double. Long before Robert Parrish, oh my God, could crash. This is perfect, Jamie. Long before Robert Parrish could crash the rim, James Naismith invented the first basketball hoop in 1891 in this Atlantic coastal state. Oh, Massachusetts. That is correct. And yeah. we're getting specific here, Springfield, Massachusetts. Where the Basketball Hall of Fame is. Boop, boop, boop. Alex, will give you the 201 to close us out here. you got to catch up with Jamie now, who has $8,000. I got a lot of money. Uh, during the outbreak of COVID-19, the health agency of this major Atlantic city was first to issue stern guidelines against rim jobs. It's the $200 question. This is the $200 question. Against, against it? Yes. This, This major Atlantic city was first to issue stern guidelines against rim jobs. I want to say like DC. I disagree with that. That or silly, but I I don't know. But I did see another article that actually, uh, I don't remember which state or city it was. I'll let you get to the answer in a second because (laughs) they said it said to help with coronavirus and not spreading it. Like they said, basically use a glory hole. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) The the city actually said that. Let me. I think that was. I think that was New York City. Uh, Was it? The the answer to this one though was the New York City Health Department. Mm. I just threw it to the judges. They actually are accepting Alex's answer. Okay. Correct. Yep. Just by citing that he saw somewhere else that it's also good (laughs) news. Glory. Yeah, they said it's perfectly. Like give him credit. Mm -hmm. He didn't name a city, but give him credit. Yep, that's what they said. All right. 
good, Alex. That's good for second place. Congratulations. I hope you don't spend it all in one place. Yep. Judges are also saying that he got a Our, birthday bonus, so he got oh, first place. There we go. Wow. That's what the judges said. Thank good you. Job, buddy. Thanks it's not to, me. I, I'm I'm livid, and I will be um, obviously contesting the results with the authorities. Oh, but oh, oh, they might make like a thirty for thirty out of it. Probably. I look forward to watching it. Thank you, guys. That was the top five alternative Atlantic Rim trivia from the J Archive. Beautiful work. Next week's episode, before we toss it over to Zach to bring us home, uh, we will be watching The Land That Time Forgot, 1974 uh, giant dinosaur film. Uh, Of course, we got submarines in there, but... uh, if you want to check it out it is available to watch on youtube for free so get that under your belt and be ready for our next episode kick it zach facts it's zach facts when you're going down get some zach facts when you're going down all right, listeners, this week there's no small talk. I know you like the small talk. I know you want to hear me talk, but you're not getting it this week. So fact number one, big time porno film made from this called Atlantic Rim Job. Oh, Zach fact. What are you and Brom like in collusion over there with your rim job talk? Somebody already said it. I think Zach already mentioned Atlantic Rim Job earlier when he was doing the review. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. It's a very popular one. Uh, I'd say it's pretty easy. Yeah. Um. I think anytime you hear the word rim, hand, Z, whatever, followed by job, works. Wait. What's a Z job, Zach? (laughs) You got to ask. You can't afford it. (laughs) Fact number two. Fans who loved the film started an online poll to have Geis star in his very own spinoff titled Atlantic Rim Presents Geis Goes to Space. I'd watch it. Oh, I'd watch that for sure. I think I would too, actually. (laughs) Oddly enough. Uh, Fact number three. Contrary to... Where was this filmed at again? Florida. Pensacola. Yeah, but the ending was in New York, correct? Yes. 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 Climactic battle. Fact number three. Contrary to multiple New York news outlets, the nuclear bomb in the film did not actually detonate and instead was donated to a Mm. local uh, university. And uh, (laughs) that's what centers of higher learning are always looking for. Uh, Yeah. You know, it was the, um, the, uh, you know, what's that one called? Uh, The Southampton Institute of Institute of Technology. It's that one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) A A lot of school pride there. (laughs) <laughs> fact number four when asked why did Jim and Tracy watch most of the fight instead of help red director Jared said with a wink some people just like to watch boom there you go <laughs> that is true man they didn't step in there at all oh <laughs> not that some people just like to watch okay <laughs> I guess that's true too, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those were funny. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> Zach Baxter Gray. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah, Did yeah. you know Treach had a song called Coochie Bang? <laughs> That he wow. did with Queen Latifah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, what do you think of that? Oh, he uh, must have stepped hey, away. Hey, it's uh, me, Jamie, and um, that's pretty cool. There we go. What else you got for us, Kyle? We, as we mentioned earlier, Mackie Studios has launched, and we do have a letter. And now, it's time for a letter from listeners like you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, oh. I, we've had that forever, you know. We just haven't had a whole ton of letters. But anyway, just never listened to any of our episodes. This is submitted from Hugh Janice, and the message is: of all the movies, which captain had the biggest D? Oh. Shoot. We've seen a lot of movies. My vote's Nick Cage, USS Indianapolis. Oh, oh, you're going real life. I want to say in terms of recent movies that we watched, it wasn't even a movie that on the beach, the 2000 version, that captain always gave really good pep talks to everybody. Even when it was looking really bleak, really liked that. That doesn't mean he's got the biggest dick, but I think he was one of the better captains, but... Honestly, I it's got to be uh, Sean Connery. To I'm going Ooh. with. Now that that's my initial thought too. Ray, but Ramius, yeah, Marco Ramius. Mm-hmm. Another movie that we've talked about, and because we kind of had preliminary discussions, one of my favorite movies uh-huh. that we've watched is uh, Torpedo Run, and that captain. When he swung that big D out because everybody's like, do not shoot that torpedo and try to thread that needle. You're going to totally blow up your family. He's like, well, guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. And he does. <laughs> he did does it. it. I remember that. <laughs> he blows him up. Everybody's like, what the hell was that, man? Um, yeah, I think I think that's the right answer. Because, I mean. That's a strong flex. Yeah, you flexed it, arguably too large of a penis. <laughs> yeah. And uh, killed his family in the process with his own penis. With that big dick energy. He did. Now, in episode one, though, do you remember? Not, nope. not Star nope. Wars. I wasn't one. there. Um, episode one of our podcast, Phantom, there is a scene where Ed Harris is having a seizure and William Fickner grabs him by the crotch. Do you remember that? Uh, that's, where, that's where he it, really grabs him? Yes, 100%. Because I, I rewatched that scene. That, I was like, what the hell just it. happened? I'm sure if I were to go back and rewatch it or re-listen to our episode, I might remember that. But right now, I'm drawing a blank. Man. Yeah, I don't remember it either, but I believe that it happened. And that's a pretty big dick move to grab someone else's dick. (laughs) To grab grab your captains. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So maybe it's William Fickner coming in the sleeper pick. (laughs) The sleeper pick. I like that. I like that. Sleeper dick, actually. You know, that guy deserves the recognition. He's always in so much. He is. I I don't know. I think you can make a case for the Bedford incident. When I think of uh, big dicks on these captains, I think of ones that, again, were too big that they made a mistake. And uh, 
Bedford incidents, uh, the the captain in that uh, necessarily wasn't the one that made the that had the accident that caused the the Bedford incident, but uh, he was he was looking for a scrap with uh, that Russian submarine, and he said if if they fire one, I'll fire one, and then the 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 whatever his name is, the, the envoy or what what's the, the the ensign or whatever's like fire one, and he fired the. The torpedo that caused the uh, the nuclear uh, nuclear launch. That is true. That is very true. So what do we do, now, Kyle? Do we just? I don't know, man. I don't know where we stand right now because then I was just looking at our movie list to think about Steve Zizou. You know, talk about somebody. Oh yeah. Who oh, makes I, a mistake. I love right? that movie. I think what we're finding is that uh, these are all cautionary tales, almost. Of being too big, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Icarus, it's Dickerus. <laughs> wow. That's a slam dunk right there. It's a good pun. So I, I, I think the correct answer, though, was the um, torpedo run. I would agree with Kyle on that. Uh, I mean, two, it's pretty, two votes for I torpedo mean, run, in my opinion. Do something like that, you know. It's next level. Yeah, to kill, it, kill your own family. Yeah. Okay. And thank you. Thank you for the question. Anybody else has other questions and you want us to answer, ramble on like that, like we just did, uh, go ahead and submit them. MackieStudios.com on the contact us page. Super easy to do. Get at us. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. 